Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, this morning we started talking about faith, and we started talking about the importance of faith. And the New Testament says the just shall live by faith. Faith is not, was not designed to be something that we just turn to in times of trouble. Now, faith will work in times of trouble because the storms of life come to everybody. But faith was not designed for us to leave on the shelf And then when something big comes along in our life, a a, a big attack of some kind, then we go to our faith and try to use our faith. Faith was was given to us by God as, uh, uh, as the thing that we use to interact with him to participate like we read this morning in 2 Peter by these precious promises in the word of God and by the precious faith that we've received. We, we, we act on these promises of God. We use our faith concerning the precious promises of God and that's how we participate in the divine nature. Now we know we have God's nature in us when we're born again because we become children of God. And just like your natural children partook of your nature, we partake of our spiritual father. We partake of his nature. But there's one thing to to partake in the sense of to share in. There's another thing to, to actively participate in it. God wants us on a daily basis, not just... Like I said, when, when times of, of trouble come and then we turn to him, you know, to fight those things, God wants us to be walking in a, in a continual, like I said this morning, dynamic relationship where there's an interaction with him and we interact with him through the word. And these, it says in second Peter, where we read this morning, whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. They're given to us for a purpose. They're given to us to use in our everyday life. And like I said this morning, there's virtually nothing in our, in our lives in terms of, of, of the issues of life and the things that are important to us. There's virtually nothing that's not covered by the word of God. There are promises, there are provisions that have been declared to be ours, promised to, 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 to be ours when we act in faith concerning all of the aspirations of life. Amen. And God intends for us to live by our faith. And that simply means to, another scripture says that, that not only do we live by faith, we walk by faith. That means that we order our conduct. We go about our daily affairs with, with living faith in the precious promises of God, believing him, putting these promises, receiving these promises, and making them the determining factor in, in how we go about life. Amen. Amen. We do that with our faith. That's what faith is for. Amen. Now, we know that, that Jesus talked about great faith. He talked about people with little faith. He talked about people with weak faith. 
The Bible speaks of weak faith and strong faith. Even Jesus even talked about people with no faith. Well, uh, who determines which category you fall into? We do, you do. Like I said this morning, there, there are people, and you've, I've heard this and I know you have too. You've heard it about people. You've heard it said, well, so-and-so, they just have such strong faith. They're a person of strong faith. You've heard that said about people and I have too. But it's, 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 uh, it's misleading because if someone has strong faith, if a person is a person of great faith, it's not something that they just possess and carry around in their pocket. If they have great faith, if they have strong faith, it's because they are feeding that faith every day. I've heard comments like that about Kenneth Hagin. Oh, Brother Hagin, he had great faith. I even heard people say, well, God gave him the, the gift of faith. Oh, that sounds so informed and it's ignorance. Amen. The, what's called in the Bible, the gift of faith is a spiritual gift whereby the Holy Spirit comes upon a person and begins to operate the faith of God through, through them. That's an entirely different thing than the kind of faith we operate in the promises of God every day. It's a different kind, it's a different, it's a different operation of faith. You cannot live on the gift of faith because number one, you probably, if that's what you're expecting to do, you'll probably never experience the gift of faith. Amen. Because not only that, it says that the spiritual gifts are distributed as the spirit wills. For to one, he gives this gift to another, to, an, to another gift. Well, if that's the case, then only a few people are gonna have the gift of faith and nobody but those few people could be saved. Because we're saved by faith. Amen. Well, when it, when it comes to, to uh, having strong faith, there's only one way to have faith. And that's to get it from the word of God. We read this morning from Romans chapter 10. Let's go over there. Romans 10. We read this verse, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this tells us where faith comes from. Now, faith, faith doesn't come by praying for it. Amen. Nowhere in the Bible are we told to pray for faith because it doesn't come by prayer. Faith doesn't come by uh, just being especially endowed. God doesn't just pick some certain people out and endow them with faith. Most of the time, really, when you're talking, when people are talking about somebody that just seems to, they just have such great faith, usually they're talking about a person that's just, is very positive. And in the natural, they tend to believe the best and hope for the highest and, and are always talking good things. And, and listen, that's wonderful. It's good to be positive. It's good to, to, uh, uh, have a positive outlook on life, but that's not the faith of God. That's just positive thinking and positive living and positive speaking. All of that's wonderful, but faith is something that comes from the word. And we read here that faith comes by hearing. I said this morning, that tells me that faith is, is not static. Faith comes 
Faith comes. Even somebody like Kenneth Hagin, who was the father of the modern day faith movement. Uh, he was a man uh, of extraordinary faith, but he would tell you every time uh, in his preaching that the only reason he's strong in faith is because he stays in the word. It's impossible for a person to be strong in faith if they don't spend time feeding it on the word of God because that's where faith comes from. It says now, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith doesn't come from any place except from hearing the word, the word of God. It's the only way, that's the only way it comes. So let me say it this way. If, if you are someone who only occasionally reads your Bible, if, if you really only look at it when you're in church, uh, or you don't really spend uh, uh, a lot of time in it, and it's not, it's not quantity of time necessarily, but in other words, you're, 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 it's, it's not something that you make a part of your daily life where you intentionally read the word of God, then, then faith is not strong in you. Even though you may know all of the principles of faith, all of the, of the various principles of, of how you use faith and how you, you can know all these things up here all right. But if you're not feeding your faith, there's no way your faith can be strong. Amen. So faith comes by constantly hearing the word. And so as we constantly hear the word, faith constantly comes. Now, I made, I made this statement that when you hear the word, when you receive revelation, see, it's, it, it, let me back up a little bit. It's not just reading the Bible, but it's meditating in the scriptures, feeding on them. So you can just, you can just read the Bible. You can take, you know, 30 minutes a day and just have your Bible reading and just read it and not really be feeding on it. It won't have a great effect on you. But when you take that word and you begin to meditate in that word and you begin to speak it, something happens on the inside. That's why Jesus talking about people hearing, he said, take heed how you hear. He talked about people who would believe with their heart. It, when you, when you, when you approach the word of God, always approach the word of God as it is in truth, the living word of God. It's what Paul told the Thessalonians. He said, when I came to you and you, and the word that you received, you did not receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of the living God. If you'll approach the word of God that way, that this is God, God speaking to me, when there's a promise or a provision or something that declares something that's yours, put your name in that scripture. Take the word of God personally and feed on it. And when you do that, when, when you understand who God's talking to and that it belongs to you, as soon as that word comes, faith is there. Faith is there. You don't have to try to work it up. Faith is very simple. And I suppose its simplicity, it might be one of the reasons why people stumble so much over it. Because they, they want to work so hard at it. 
But it's really simple just going to the Bible, recognizing that, that it's the word of God, that it's God's word to you, and then feeding on the, on the promises and the instructions and the commandments and whatever you find in the word of God, feeding on that and applying it in your life. The spirit of God will make it real to you. And when that happens, you're there. I said, you're there. You're ready then to act in faith. Because when Jesus talked about, remember uh, people that he talked about as having great faith? Remember when the centurion came for a sermon? Jesus said, I've not found so great faith in all of Israel. He said the man had great faith. The man had never attended a faith seminar. He was not even an Israelite. He didn't go to synagogue. He didn't read the scriptures. But when he heard about Jesus, and who was Jesus? He was the living word of God. And when he heard about Jesus, that, that knowledge, that revelation that Jesus was a healer, that, that inspired him, and he went to him on behalf of his servant. He wasn't even what we would call a religious person. He was, you know, the, the, the Jews were... Uh, uh, you know, they, they pretty much hated the Romans because the Roman government was occupying the nation of Israel. And here was a, a, a centurion, an officer in the Roman army. And Jesus said, I've not found s- such great faith even among all the Jews that listen to the word being preached every, every Sabbath in the synagogue. I've not found anybody with any faith like this. Amen. And here was a man who, who didn't know much, but t- when the word comes, faith comes. I said, when the word comes, when it's revelation to you, when you understand it, faith comes, you're ready to act. And the man's servant was healed. Amen. Glory to God. It really is quite simple. If you, if you, we talked about uh, back on the, on the 26th of May when I, when I first preached on this, we talked about different people and how faith came to them. Remember how uh, Cornelius' household, Faith came to them when Peter went to them and preached the word. And while he was preaching, they were saved because they just heard the word and acted on it. You know, salvation comes the way everything else comes, just by hearing the word. In fact, we're in Romans chapter 10. That's what he's talking about in verse 17. If you go back up to verse 14, it says, how then shall they call on him and in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then in verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That's how people get saved. They hear about the word. They hear about, this, they hear about salvation. Cornelius and his household in Acts chapter 10, they heard about salvation and they were saved. The man, you know, that was crippled when Paul ministered there in the 14th chapter of Acts. It says that that the man heard Paul speak. And while he he was listening to Paul speak, faith to be healed came up in his heart. And and Paul pointed to him and said, stand upright on your feet and walk. And he leaped and walked. Why? Because how did that happen? Faith came because of what he heard. Amen. It's the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you go back over to... uh, uh, Acts chapter two, you'll see the same thing. 
Now, a lot of times we think, see, in Acts chapter 2, it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we have the idea that this just sort of fell on them unexpectedly. But that's not true. They had faith for this. How did they have faith for this? Well, if you go back in chapter uh, 1... And you could read this in Luke 24. He told them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And here, this is Luke is writing again in verse 4. This is Acts 1, 4. Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And verse 8 says, and you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they were, they were, they were, uh, they spent their time from the time that Jesus told them this, they spent their time awaiting the manifestation of the Spirit. Now we know in one sense that faith says it's now, hope says it's future, but you realize that they couldn't have received before then because the Holy Spirit hadn't been given. So there was a sense of waiting, but they were waiting in faith for the time. Because Jesus said, not many days from now. I like like it when he said, he didn't say on a certain Sabbath. He didn't say 10 days from now. It was 10 days, but he didn't say 10 days from now. He said a few days from now. So every day they probably looked at each other and said, it could be today. It could be today. They were in faith. They were waiting in faith. But when the day of Pentecost came, the reason the Holy Spirit fell upon them is because they had the word for it. See, I've noticed that when people come to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if they, if they come from a background that, that doesn't teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a lot of times they don't receive. They might hear about it in one service, but it's still not alive in them. And two, if people come from churches like they do so often where the baptism of the Holy Spirit has been criticized. People have been told it's not for today, that it's not valid, that it's excess and it's fanaticism and all of that. If people come from churches like that, there's there's no surprise that they don't receive, even if they want to be filled with the Spirit because they've got all this confusion on the inside of them. And so the remedy for people like that is to go back, just tell them what the Scripture says, let them go back and just sit in the Word. Just sit there and study the word and meditate in the word until on the inside of them, they know this is for today. This is for me. See, when all those doubts leave, those people are filled with the spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Like I said, the word must be illuminated by the Holy Spirit in your heart. And you have to give the word first place. It has to be your final authority. Not what, listen, I, I know your grandma was wonderful, but it's not what grandma said. I had a couple of dear grandmas. My, we called my, my granny, my grandma on my father's side, grandma and on my mother's side, we called her granny. And, and I loved them both. They were precious saints, but they weren't always right. They weren't, they weren't right about everything. They were right about a lot of things, but they had some things that were just their own ideas. 
And so you can't just build your life upon what somebody of reputation says, including your pastor or anybody else. Is what, what does the Bible say? See, that has to be our final authority. What does the word of God say about it? God bless granny. But there were some things that, that she believed that aren't scriptural. Not many, but a couple of things I can think of. Those little sayings you used to have. And, and, uh, and I look at it now and I say, well, bless her heart. She didn't know any better. But she was a wonderful woman. But my faith has to be in what God says. And so give the word first place. Make it your final authority. What does the Bible say about anything that, you're, that you want to receive from God? What does the Bible say? Amen. Now, we talked about uh, the fact that faith requires acting on the word of God. When you believe the word, you will act on it. And when there is no action, it's because you're not really believing. Amen. Go with me to Romans chapter four. There's a translation that I like of this particular passage, Romans chapter four, verse number three says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. The Barclay translation says, Abraham believed God and this act of faith was accounted unto him for righteousness. See, faith, faith is an act. When you believe something in your heart, then you have to, you have to put uh, action behind it. Amen. I, I told about how when, when I recently received healing for my broken foot. You know, I, I, I had to put action on that. And the Holy Spirit told me exactly how to do it. He'll tell you if you'll listen to him. He said, what your problem has been is, yes, you're, you're saying you believe, but you're more conscious of your pain than anything else. And it was hard not to be because I couldn't put any weight on that, on that heel. I walked around instead of, you know, normally you walk, you put your heel down and you rock forward on, on the ball of your feet and then you go to the next foot. I couldn't do that. With my left foot, I'd have to put my ball of my foot down and then sort of rock back as I put my weight forward on the other foot so I never put any weight on that, that, on that heel because I couldn't stand it. I mean, it was just painful. I'd broken my foot, you know. And, uh, and so I was, I was walking around saying, oh, I thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank I was quoting the scriptures. I was doing all of that right, but, but at every step, I was like, oh, man, that hurts. I'd walk like this, you know, and I'd put my... my uh, weight on the ball of my foot and keep, you know, keep my weight off that heel. And, and I was just constantly thinking about how much it hurt. And, and I wasn't getting anywhere. After several days, I said, now, Lord, what am I doing? Something, uh, something's not right. I, I, I want to get healed now. I don't want to wait until it just naturally gets better. You know, in a few weeks, uh, you know, a, a, a fracture will, will begin to heal and, and it'll feel better. I don't want that. I want to be healed now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so I remember what Kenneth Hagin had said about what a woman named uh, 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 Lillian Yeomans had said. She said, if I ever ask God for anything 
and I don't get an answer. If I, if he doesn't move, then I have to change because God's not going to change. If it's not working, it's not because he's missing it, it's because I'm missing it. And Brother Hagin said, he testified of that. He said, I read that many years ago. And he said, I've always done the same thing and it stood me well. It's, it's worked in my life all of these years. He said, if I pray about anything and I don't get an answer, he said, then I start changing. Well, I realized, well, you know, I can just limp around here saying the word, pretending to believe, attempting to believe and just keep this up. I said, no, what am I doing wrong, Lord? What can I do? What, where am I missing it? The Lord said, stop looking at your, at the things that are seen. He pointed me to the fourth chapter of Romans here where we're reading, where it says that Abraham did not consider his own body and that he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. I saw that considering my, my heel and considering how much it hurt was causing me to waver. And I didn't realize it. I was saying everything right. I was going through the process whole, I was praising God, thanking God, but I was still considering that heel, how much it hurt. And the Lord said, you need to stop considering that. Well, what do you consider? Well, consider Jesus. Consider the word. Because it says over in Second, Second Corinthians, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. So I had to stop looking and stop considering my body and start considering what the word said about my healing that Jesus took my infirmities and that would include, include a broken foot. And he bore my sickness and by his stripes, I was healed. Now, did my foot stop hurting? No, it didn't. But just that little change even though, even though I was conscious of that pain, every time I took a step, and I still, I still had to walk like this because I couldn't put any weight on it. But every time I did it, I, I, I would think, oh, thank God, I'm healed. Praise God. I'm not considering that. I'm considering the word of God. I consider that Jesus bore. See, I was, I'm saying all the same things I was saying. See how easy it is to, to have a form of faith and not be connecting? See, but now I'm doing what the scripture says. I'm choosing to consider the word over how I felt. And I just continued to, 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 to walk like this. I said, no, praise God. I, I, I just refused to consider it. I considered the Jesus. I considered that I fact that I'm healed. I considered that himself took mine from. And I just said that to myself. And now my faith is working. A couple of days later, I, I, I was at, uh, at the office and I came in and uh, <clears throat> I got up that morning and I don't, you would think you'd think about it. After having this condition for so many days, you'd think you'd think about it. I didn't, I got up and went to work and I spent all day at the office and I come out, it was like seven o'clock at night and I came in the house and I started to take my, my shoes off. I slipped, I slipped one foot out by, you know, bracing against the other foot, you know, sort of, and I, I realized my foot hasn't hurt me all day. And, and I haven't been walking like this because I haven't even thought about it. I've not even thought about my foot all day. And I walked around the, around the, the kitchen. And I thought, well, glory to God. It happened when I quit considering. See, that's a, there's an act you have to take. You have to act on what you believe. If you're not willing to act on what God says, you'll never possess the, prom, the, the promise of God. Amen. I love that, that version. It says, Abraham took God at his word. And this act of faith was accounted unto him.
for righteousness. Amen. In James chapter two, go over there with me. James chapter two. Hallelujah. Verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, these are not works of the law. He's not talking about works of the law. He's not talking about works unto salvation. He's talking about the works of salvation. Think there are some some actions that accompany salvation. I said there are some actions that accompany salvation. Now, when someone is born again, we don't expect them to be a mature believer overnight. We don't expect, we don't expect them to have everything in their life just exactly the way, the way it should be because the New Testament tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, that means there's progress to be made. But at the same time, when somebody genuinely believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, genuinely accepts him as Savior, there will be some action or there's no faith. That's why a lot of people today are being taught a false gospel. Because they're being taught that it doesn't matter how you behave. Just listen, it doesn't matter who you are. God receives everybody the way they are, but he doesn't receive them as they are, expecting them to stay as they are. He expects some change to take place. It might be feeble change. It might be little, you know, just, just, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, just a feeble effort. But if someone's genuinely given their heart to the Lord, there will be some action. That's what he's talking about here. He says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and be filled. That's what I was doing. I was saying, depart broken foot, be well. But then I was still thinking, golly, that hurts. Oh man, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. That just hurts so bad. Well, he said, if you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works. To, to keep from confusing this description of works with, with what the Bible talks about works, you know, uh, uh, works of good works to try to get salvation so that you know that it's not talking about the same thing. I like to, I like to use the phrase corresponding actions. So then faith, if it does not have corresponding actions, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith and I have corresponding actions. Show me your faith without your corresponding actions and I will show you by my faith by my corresponding actions. Do you want to know if you're in faith? Check up on your actions. What are you doing? What are you believing God for? What, 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 what are those things that maybe have plagued you for a long period of time and you continue to, to just kind of butt your head against the wall and, and just sort of struggle with and, and you want to believe God and you take the promises of God and you confess them and yet nothing changes. What, if, what are those things? Think about that and consider what are your actions? What, what kind of actions do you have? Do you have actions that correspond with your faith 
Or are you believing one thing, but then acting differently? That's what I was doing. I was believing one thing, but I was acting like I had a broken foot. Well, you did have a broken foot. I know I did. But I don't have to consider it. See, faith is not, faith is not denying a condition that exists. I had an x-ray. I could see that my broke was, my foot was broken. Faith doesn't deny reality. Faith just chooses to consider something greater than reality. Faith considers something greater and more truthful than reality. I had, I had an x-ray that told me my foot was broken, but I had verses of scripture from the almighty God that said my foot was healed because it says himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and by his stripes I was healed. Well, if I was healed, then I am healed. Well, what about my x-ray? I know that's true, but there's a greater truth. There's a greater truth than than the natural reality. The greater truth is what does God say about your situation? And when I chose to consider what God said and not and disregard what I knew to be real, I knew, I, know, I knew my foot was really broken, but I chose to consider something greater than that. I chose to consider that although my foot was physically broken in the spirit realm, according to what God said, my foot was healed. And so my action was just to continually re- reflect on what God said. That was my action. I was already saying the right things. I just kept saying the right. I kept saying, oh, I thank you that by his stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah. Then I went into work and came home at the end of the day and I thought, whoa, my foot hasn't hurt me all day. I haven't limped. I haven't favored that foot and it's not even sore. Well, praise God. He said, You believe there is one God, verse 19, you do well. The devil believes that. Oh, you believe there's God. Well, you and the devil are in good company. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, oh foolish man? See, I was was acting foolishly and didn't know it. Pastor, 36 years pastoring, acting like a fool. A faith teacher. Oh, foolish me. That's what he said. He said, oh, foolish man, do you want to know that faith without works is dead? Was not our father Abraham justified by works, by corresponding actions, when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you not see that faith was working together with his corresponding actions? And by corresponding actions, faith was made perfect. And when I put my actions, when I put my actions to my faith, to what I believed, it didn't take long. Amen. About two days and it was gone, praise God. Hallelujah. Faith is an act. It's the same thing, whether it's healing whether it's salvation. Listen, I've prayed with people before who've come to be saved and, and, and they want to be saved, but they, they would not act 
on the, on the assurance that God had forgiven them. They genuinely wanted to be saved. I, I remember praying for this one young lady and, and she had, she had strayed. She had been raised in a Christian home and in a good church, but when she got a little older in life in her teenage years, you know, she backslid and then she had strayed and she ended up working in a, in a strip club. Now she wasn't a stripper, but she was a barmaid. And, um, she had come back, you know, to the Lord and she, or trying to, she came to church and she, and she came to the altar and I was praying with her and, and she, she couldn't receive because she, she kept thinking about all of her mistakes and how she had failed and failed God and failed her family and failed her church and was a disgrace. I couldn't get her to act on the fact that God has forgiven you. He takes you like you are. And though she was sincere, She sincerely wanted to get right with God. I I trust that eventually she did. That night, she didn't. She left discouraged. She left with no assurance of salvation. I, I I couldn't persuade her. And then I don't remember her coming back to church again. Well, praise the Lord. Faith is an act. Whether it's salvation, you have to act on what you know. Well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same way. When I was, when I was a, a young man, I got back into fellowship with the Lord. I'd been raised in a Pentecostal church, of course, and we believed in the, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. But I had been heard, I had heard, I'd been taught that when the Holy Spirit, when you come to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will fall on you or come upon you and you will just find yourself speaking with other tongues. In other words, the spirit, they didn't say it, but the, but the idea that I got was that the Holy Spirit would just sort of take over. And I heard people say, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll speak. Well, what they were simply saying is, there is no baptism of the Holy Spirit without speaking with other tongues. What they should have said is, the Holy Spirit will give utterance. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will give utterance. But instead, they said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll speak. And then they say things at the altar when I'd come forward to be, to, to be filled with the spirit, people would gather around me to pray and they'd say, let him speak, let the Holy Spirit speak. Well, what would you imagine if you were told that I I would just, I would just sort of sit there in the altar and just, you know, and, and wait and wait for him to speak. He never spoke. Well, when the Holy comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll speak. Okay. Let him speak. And I remember, you think this is silly, but I remember being in the altar, people around me, I'm, and, they, and they would say, yield to the Spirit. Let him speak, yield to the Spirit. And they'd say, yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit speak. And I, I remember actually in the altar, kneeling in the altar, and I'd open my mouth and just, and just let my tongue sort of half hang out, eh, eh. I'm trying to act on what somebody told me, but they were telling me the wrong thing. I'm, I'm, I'm yielding my tongue to the spirit. I want him to speak. I, I'm, I, I let him speak. I'm letting him do what you want to speak. He wouldn't speak. Because I found out from the Bible, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak. He doesn't. The Holy Spirit, I'm talking about in tongues. The Holy Spirit does not speak in tongues. That's not what he does. If you go back to Acts chapter two, it's real clear. But boy, they had me messed up. When that day of Pentecost had fully come, 
they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly they, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit began to speak with tongues. Is that what it says? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began. The subject of the sentence is they. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. See, when, when a person comes to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give the utterance. What does that mean? What is the utterance? That just means the Holy Spirit will give the ability. He gives the prompting. He gives, he gives the uh, what we call is kind of a, a New Testament word that you, you don't know if you don't know the New Testament. He gives the unction. In other words, that, that prompting of the Spirit is there. He gives that to you, but you have to speak it out. They were all filled with the Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Well, I, the Spirit was giving me the utterance. The whole time I was in, and I, this went on for, for, for several weeks on Sunday nights. Every Sunday night, I'd come down to be filled with the Spirit. It wasn't just one week. I mean, week after week after week, several weeks. I don't remember how many, but several. And every time I was there in the altar, I would sense just something on the inside of me, just a, just a stirring on the inside of me. And I could, in, in, my, in my spiritual ears, sort of, I could hear what those tongues sounded like. And they sounded strange. They just, just sounded like syllables that didn't make any sense. I could just, I mean, I could, I could sense what they would sound like and I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to go ahead and say them. Go ahead and speak in those, in those syllables. That, you know, that's all language is, is a syllable strung together. Words are made of syllables and a bunch of them strung together is a sentence and a, and a, and a language, isn't that right? Well, I, I could, I had a just sense. I, I knew what they, what they could sound, what they'd sound like. And I didn't, I could have spoken them out, but I wasn't taught to. I was taught to wait for the Holy Spirit to speak them out. So I'm just, you know, waiting on the Spirit. And I would get, and, and he wouldn't move and I'd get up, you know, and, and, and I, listen to me, I was doing this. This sounded so much like faith. I'd say, now God, tonight I'm going for it and I will receive and I'd go down front to, to, to receive the Holy Spirit and, and they would lead in a prayer and I would pray and in my heart, in my faith, I would say, say, now I believe I have received. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ta-da, faith. Isn't that faith? I believed I received. I knew that much. I believe I receive. Had this going on inside and I'm just doing nothing with it. I'm not doing, I'm not saying anything. I'm just waiting on him to speak. He was waiting on me to speak. The Holy Spirit was waiting on me to speak and I was waiting on him to speak. And after several minutes of that, I'd get discouraged and go back to my seat. I think, well, Lord, I know I believed. I know I'm God. I know I believed you. I know I exercised faith. I know I believed what happened? What happened was I wasn't acting. 
They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues. If you go back to all three references of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, and on every one of those three examples, and those are the three we have, every time the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak with tongues. And I remember one night, one Sunday night, I'd had enough. And I went forward and I said, Lord, I've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, and, I'm, and I went through the same process. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. People were around me and they were, some, one person was slapping me on the back and he was saying, hold on, brother, hold on. Somebody else was in my face and they were saying, let go, brother, let go. Somebody else was saying, yield your tongue to the Holy Ghost. Somebody else was saying, let him speak. And I just got tired of it. And I just, I said, I'm just gonna speak what, I just had that prompting and that's what I yielded to. I yielded to that prompting and I just began to just begin to speak. And I tell you what, it just started flowing out of me like a river. And I, I thought to myself, I could have been doing this weeks ago. I could have been doing this weeks ago. You people all around me have been messing me up. I could have been filled with the Holy Spirit all this time. And all I was doing was hanging around the altar with my tongue hanging out. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Faith is an act. You have to act on what you believe. Put action to it. Glory to God. When you put action to your faith, when you put action to your faith, the results are forthcoming. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.